and will you pray with me? May the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be acceptable in your sight, O God, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Each year we return here to our ancestral home, here the Old South Meeting House, to remind ourselves not only of our deep roots, but also of our deeply held values. Freedom of conscience, the calling to bravely speak truth to power, the rights of liberation and self-determination which have been fought for on this hallowed ground. We hear echoing in the rafters the booming voice of Samuel Adams and the other patriots of the American Revolution. We gaze up to the balconies, and we remember our African members like Phyllis Wheatley, who would have been relegated to those separate pews, yet still heard clearly a gospel preached about liberation and hope. Today, I'd like you to journey with me, if you will, a bit forward in the history of this storied place. The triumph of the revolution is over. The meeting house, which had been turned into a horse stable, has been fully restored, and the congregation worships here again. But now, in a new age of warfare, it's 1864. A decade before the big move to the back bay in the final year of the Civil War, and Jacob Manning, Old South Church's 15th minister, is newly returned from eight months serving as chaplain of the 43rd Tiger Regiment of the Union Army in North Carolina. He shares these words. The American nation was at first only a purpose nor has that purpose even yet been overtaken. We doubt if it ever will be. All men are created free and equal. That was the mark which the founders set up, but they knew that the mark was far before them. They utterly failed to reach it when they came to organize the government. It was an ideal. It may never become real in any actual sense, but it is the goal and the guiding star of the nation, standing far off in the future, laying its light across all that was to be and will be of upheaval and bloodshed, and holding up the hearts of those who would make the last result answer to the first promise how little time it took to set up that far-off standard which so fired the imaginations of the patriots, how slow and toilsome amid fierce struggles and many slips backwards the advance towards it. Yet without this purpose, there would not be the effort at achievement. A nation may fail to reach its ideal, but a nation without an ideal can achieve no progress. In this same year, 1864, on a far distant shore, halfway around the world, a young man named Great Good Fortune, or Shimetta by his grandfather, was inspired by a similar guiding star. Neijima Shimetta, 
who we now know by his Americanized name, Niisama Joe Hardy, grew up the eldest son in a samurai warrior family outside of Edo, now Tokyo. When Shimeda was 10 years old, Commander Perry's ships arrived outside of Edo. And this marked the beginning of the Meiji Restoration, a time of modernization and of expanding international trade. As a teenager, Nijima Shimeda discovered an atlas of the United States, written in Chinese. His curiosity sparked. He later recalled in his diary, I read it many times. And I wondered about it so much that my brain practically melted out of my head because I liked it so much. Picking one president, building free schools, poorhouses, vocational schools, and so forth. And I thought that the government of every country should be like the one of the United States. I mourned for the people of Japan who lived under an oppressive government. If you govern us, you must love us as children. From that time, I wished to learn American knowledge. A few years later, he found a small Chinese Bible in a friend's library. He borrowed it and read it at night in secret, for reading the Bible was strictly forbidden under penalty of death. The opening line, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, moved Najima Shimeta deeply. He writes, I put down the book and I looked around me, saying, who made me, my parents? No, my God. God made my parents and allowed them to make me. Who made my table? A carpenter? No, my God. God let trees grow upon the earth. Although a carpenter made up the table, it indeed came from the trees. Then I must be thankful to God. I must believe in God. I must live a life devoted to God. He prayed, oh, if you have eyes to look upon me, if you have ears, listen to me. From that time, Najima Shimeta was consumed with a burning desire to learn more about God and the wider world. With great effort, he was able to convince his parents to let him travel to the far-off city of Hakodate. He told his mother that he would be gone a year, but he little suspected that it would be more than 10 years before he would again see his home city and look into the faces of those he loved. With only a small bundle of belongings, he set out like Abraham before him because he felt God calling to him, tag, you're it. In Hakodate, he made friends with a clerk who spoke English and was able to secure him passage on an American schooner. On the night of his departure, he dressed as a servant with his bundle on his back and sallied out into the darkness, following one of his friends by back streets down to the water's edge, to a lonely spot where his friends waited with a small boat. He was placed in the bottom of the boat and covered up. It was now midnight, a whispered word of parting, hushed footsteps, the muffled dip of an oar, and the true-hearted young patriot went to seek truth and blessing for his country and had stolen away from her shores like a culprit and was on an American schooner. It was July, 
1864. When Najima Shimeta stood at the ship's railing and looked out at the horizon, as he scanned the sky for that guiding star, all people are free and equal. Could he have pictured in his mind this very place where revolution walked the floorboards, where liberation echoes from the rafters? As he lay in his bunk, rocked by the swelling waves, reading the New Testament in Chinese language, he would have read of the calling of the first disciples who left family and home to follow Jesus and the wise ones from the East who followed a guiding star. In his year aboard the wild rover, he began to dream and the great aim of his life came into focus. He would establish a school in Japan that would introduce Western education and Christianity to the people. Over the next 10 years, Neesima Joe would study and pray, persuade, and make friends here in Massachusetts, all to the purpose of this great aim. Adopted by the owner of the Wild Rover, Alpheus Hardy, who was a member of this church, Neesima Joe would attend Phillips Academy, Amherst College, and Andover Theological School. He was the first Japanese person to receive a degree in the, from a Western college and was the first Japanese Christian minister to be ordained. At the 1874 meeting of the American Board of Commissioners of Foreign Missions, he was commissioned to return to Japan as a missionary and was asked to give a speech. He writes, when I appeared on the stage, I could hardly remember my prepared piece, a poor, untried speaker. But after a minute or two, I recovered myself, and my trembling knees became firm and strong. A new thought flashed into my mind, and I spoke something quite different from what, my, what I had prepared. While I was speaking, I was moved. I was moved to tears with an intense feeling over my fellow countrymen. Before I closed my poor speech, about $5,000 were submitted on the spot to found a Christian college in Japan. Ready or not, here I come. That school would become present-day Doshisha University, a school founded on the conviction that it is not the power of a few heroes that maintains a nation, but rather people of conscience who work to ensure the education, rights, and welfare of others. Freedom of conscience, the calling to bravely speak truth to power, the rights of liberation and of self-determination for all people, this is still our guiding star. Though we recognize with Jacob Manning and Nisima Joe that we are far from it and have not yet arrived. In this time when the horrors of war again dominate the news, when fear and grief grip our hearts and our prayers catch in our throats, may we be inspired by the stories of these wayfinders who set their sights toward a future of hope and gave their full measure for the building up of freedom and justice for all people. May it be so.